good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello there. This is Epic Material, episode number 227. I'm just saying Epic to give ourselves a good sort of launch point to get ourselves Ooh, excited. Uh, <laughs> we're giving, a, giving our shout out to people in area code 227 in the United States. Uh, Mar- that's Maryland, including parts of Metro D.C. So uh, God bless you and your wonderful license plates in which you complain about being unfairly taxed right on the license plate. That is such a strong move. I have nothing but love and support uh, for making a move like that. I'm Andy Anatko, and of course, with us, as always, is the smart, intelligent, wonderful, insightful, delightful in all ways, practically perfect in any way, except not as stuffy as Mary Poppins. Florence, I- <laughs> Thank you, Andy. Uh, I can't fly like Mary Poppins either, unfortunately, mm. um, as much as I wish I could. Did that ever trip you up a little bit where she, oh, look, I'm pr- practically perfect in every way. It's like, well, let other people say that, Mary. I mean, I would agree based on the evidence presented in this movie. But again, that's not for you to say. It, it makes you that, – that's the difference between you being practically perfect and being actually perfect. If you had a tad more modesty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, boy. And if only we could all fly by the seat of our umbrella. <laughs> Yeah, and imagining with, with myself like, taking off with, right now. With, just. Yeah, with a bucket of like firefighting, fire suppression chemicals. I think it's this is oh, this has yeah. been this, this has been a I, see the thing that this is uh, this does have to have something to do with Google. Like this is, and I, I will make this I will make this statement this point that in a classical sense, the things that disappoint us about things not working in America is that. The people who have the power power to get things done don't listen to like folks like you or I who have at one point in life packed our own brown bag lunch mm-hmm. just to, to give but one example of our lowly status. Uh, but they listen to the people with money that pay for their campaigns. And so I would be – see, when you've got Google and you've got Facebook and you've got Apple, all their headquarters being affected by PG&E and affected by wildfires. That is basically all these three or four, if these three or four, uh, if these three or four CEOs decided to like get a custom van and like make a tour of Washington, basically bursting into various Senator committee leaders offices saying that we could end all of you. In about 10 seconds. I mean, we, we, with the money we got on us, not just having to write a check, I mean, like actually patting your wallet on us, we could decide who gets elected anywhere. We mm. suggest, therefore, that maybe you want to solve this wildfire problem and this power problem happening in our own backyards, affecting all of our employees. We will be taking one of those free pens because what are you going to do to stop us? We're also going to take that flag and that portrait behind you because once again, what are you going to do to stop us? And then they would simply breeze out again. Uh, I would like to offer just a tiny bit of, now this is not the California Fire podcast, but I would like to offer just a tiny bit of perspective to note that uh, Silicon Valley is south, very south of where all the fires are really, well, okay, I'm not talking about south, like LA south, I'm talking like south of the Bay Area. Um, the, The income disparity between northern and southern Bay Areas is pretty massive. And so when you think about the folks who have money to go out and buy generators and kind of get through some of the harder times, you know, um, I actually don't know that Silicon Valley has evacuated as much as the North Bay has. Cause if, uh, where, like where I live, there are new RVs and campers parked 
like everywhere now. Like you go to the dog park, you go to the local community park and there's just people sleeping. So, okay, North Bay is a camper. Like this is a camper area. <laughs> like if you live up here, every house, if you're trying to buy a house, every house has RV parking on the side. It's like, <laughs> yes, because this is like the, that's like the, this is the area where that happens. And so it's very interesting to see that like, well, that also becomes the backup home. Uh, when PG&E shuts off the power and there's a fire coming towards your primary home. So anyway, it's just interesting to note like the different disparities. Also, I wonder if I, I don't know. It's, uh, it's just been a week guys. Yeah. The it's, Area. It's been... <laughs> I haven't, br- I haven't um, breathed any outside air in like three days. I've just been breathing whatever's circulating in this house, which is, <laughs> If I start to sound loopy during this podcast and I start to talk about, I don't know, uh, Dianetics, <laughs> just come after me. Because the air in your house at this point must consist of at least 82% exhausted size. Uh, yes. <laughs> well, and me, I'm a sire and a groaner and I'm a Marge Simpson groaner. By the way, oh. I picked up that habit at a very young age when I would watch The Simpsons reruns on UPN during the afternoon before my parents would get home because I was not allowed to watch The Simpsons. It was considered an adult cartoon. <laughs> uh, but then uh. I, I watched it before my parents would get home from work and I picked up the Marge, the Marge groan. And so I've been doing a lot of that this week. <laughs> mm. uh, oh, well. Well, one one piece one piece of good, one piece of good news, relative good news. Yes. Uh, and we'll take we'll take any good news. Uh, there was for a while. Uh, I think last year, I was talking. I was I was speaking about how one of the uh, one of the things I would love to be able to do with my Google Home speakers is to pair just two arbitrary arbitrary matching Google Home speakers as a stereo pair, just like you can pair the Google Home Max speakers. I said that uh, I, I come to this. I come to this what I thought was a really sophisticated solution for like bedtime TV watching and 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 stuff of just having like one because uh, if you live in this world it's harder to not acquire lots and lots of free google home minis Mm -hmm. than to actually acquire them you just they're like they're like america online sign up cds were in the 90s it's like you cannot not receive them that's just like you so so i i I realized that i didn't really need like the the speakers that i've got like at the other end of the uh, at the end of the end of the bedroom for usual daytime and like early evening entertainment don't need them that loud all i just need is like something just uh, close by so I put one Google Home Mini on on one nightstand, another Google Home Mini on the other one. Paired them up so that they were at least a speaker collection, and so and it was just perfect because it's just it's just okay. loud enough. Doesn't I don't have to I could understand everything. I didn't have to like rattle uh, the embers. I was just I was just under, I rattle didn't under- the embers, really, Andy. <laughs> of all the metaphors, I'm sorry. Who, who, who did I? Uh, sorry, I was going for Andy. rattle the timbers. I'm just, just I'm worried about my friends. All right, it's like. Just I'm worried about my. It's on my mind. I'm. It's on my mind. I'm sorry. It's like okay. it's okay. I'm just. I'm just yanking I'm your chain. You just, but it was. It was perfect though. Keep keep going. Yeah. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm slipping it down. So okay. so basically. So we we got we got a little gift from Google in the form of now you can actually set these things up as mm-hmm. stereo pairs just through the Google Home app. And I did set that up uh, the other night, and it was a, it's a little thing. 
but given the <laughs> given like two, I, th I think I used the one that I bought for like twenty dollars on Black Friday because hey, at that price, I'll I'll take another one, and one I got for free just for like sticking through Google One for one year, and so twenty dollars, I've got like beautiful little like 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 uh, M and M's like one one M on one end, one M on the other end, and now it's stereo, and again, I feel I feel like a little bit more sophisticated. I've got this nice like. Danish modern sort of minimalist stereo system that that makes me very very hmm. happy. Well, I ordered my free Google Home Mini second gen through my Spotify premium account. I did that just today, by the way. I finally claimed it. And the awesome thing is that you get to pick the color. So I picked a color that I don't have, which is like the new tealish one. So mm -hmm. that's not getting shipped to me until maybe the first week of December, which is fine. Like I can wait until then. Uh, but I'm I'm excited to get some second gens. And now I'm just trying to find homes for my first gens because that's how <laughs> I do things. That's how I do things in my life. I I take in the first gen, I use it, I abuse it, <laughs> and then I figure out who is going to get the leftovers of my tech pies. So this metaphor maybe is going too far, but uh, I'm I still haven't, by the way, plugged in the one that we got from the Google event. But again, I'm moving in two, three days, so it will eventually get plugged in. And I'm trying to, like, figure out where that's going to go. Has anybody decided if they wanted a Google Home Mini in the bathroom? I know that this is a thing that people have done, but now I'm just thinking like intercom system, you're in the bathroom, help, I've fallen and I can't get up, or hey, who's <laughs> at the door? Uh, you know, I'm just starting to wonder. I do. I do have one. Uh, I do have actually a Google Home in the bathroom, and mostly it's because it's it's to help get my butt out of the house. Like yes. when my when my lift for to, when I when I need to like take like the 905 train and it's 8:30 and my lift is going to be here in 12 minutes and I ain't got no time to like pick up if if I'm listening to some music that's really getting my button gear I want that I want I have a I have a home group that's called everything and so mm. I'll just play this on everything so that no matter where I am I'm inundated with I don't know with Tito Puente or whatever else is I'm listening to so and maybe maybe I sh maybe the polite uh, I've never had a problem but maybe I should switch off the microphone just in case but I don't think that's a problem mm, yeah I and don't I don't think you need to defend that choice I, I support that choice it, that's the other thing too is I keep trying to remind people is that you could turn off the microphones on these things and it's a hardware it's a hardware mute right so it's not just like a digital mute here um it's you literally you're shutting it off if you are watching Wreck It Ralph two which takes place inside the internet that door that gate would be shut so tight <laughs> that not even the the whites from Google from Google from Game of Thrones could get through it. <laughs> Just to offer some visualization yes. there. Anyway. <laughs> some perspective. Some perspective. Uh, we have, we, we have a, a couple of things to talk about. Uh, one, one, one thing that is not necessarily Google, Google News, but it's sort of worth talking about. Just uh, like a couple hours before we started recording here on Wednesday, uh, Twitter announced that uh, we've, we're, we've had it. We're not going to accept any more political advertising. Uh, which seems like really the only thing that they could responsibly do, uh, be, given that <laughs> they they listened, they heard the response to Facebook's uh, decision to say, you know what, guys, 
ladies, lie all you want, say whatever you want about your competitors, say whatever you want about people who are not the same skin color as you. We couldn't care less so long as the money is green. That's all we're, we're going to use. The only thing we're going to be checking is that, that the check is clearing and that if you pay us in any denomination higher than 50s, we're going to use that special weird pen to make sure it's not a counterfeit. But other than that, go ahead. And that didn't go down quite so well. And uh, Twitter, uh, large companies realizing that they have, they have three, there are only three option settings. Number one, which is to set up an entire infrastructure for vetting all advertising, not only the source, but also the content to make sure that the service that they're providing isn't being abused to undermine our democracy. Seems a bit tricky. Uh, or B, the Facebook route, which is that we've never, you know, uh, doing what's right, that's really off brand for us. And we just aren't comfortable in that position. So we're just going to be as evil as possible because, you know, one of the Koch brothers has died. There is a vacuum of evil in the world that we decide that Facebook will plug into very, very nicely. And so we're not going to do any policing whatsoever. Or number three, we're just going to realize that it's not as though we're getting most of our money off of political advertising anyway. We can just say no and not, not only solve the problem, but also like avoid stepping on rakes <laughs> from today up until the, the next election. Dunk. And yeah, so you think it's it, it, but it kind of like flags the flags the decisions of both Google and Facebook say, OK, here are two other important and influential platforms that accept advertising. Google, are you going to be making any changes to your ad platform? Are you going to be rejecting uh, political ads? So I, I wonder if they're going to respond to that. Sorry, I had to cough. <laughs> See, I thought I thought. <laughs> Sorry. And I, I thought you might have been like doing that sarcastically, like <laughs> yes, yeah, of course no, you're going to no, do that. No, <laughs> it's it's because there's there's, part, yes, there's particulates in my house. <laughs> yes, <laughs> just. <laughs> You know, it's just California living, baby, in the sunshine Ugh. and all the particulate matter that's over, what is it, over 10, I think is the... Somehow the Beach Boys never covered that in in that in that's those songs. No, well, There's a lot of because, stuff about cars yeah. and surfing and girls, not a whole lot about evacuations and then planned shutdowns of important service. Which, by the way, no credit to Baywatch... Because Baywatch covered a lot of the bad stuff that happens in California. Again, I am I'm actually actively for everyone out there who wonders what it is that I do with my time when I'm not writing about tech. I am <laughs> trying to like work on a bunch of pitches about all these '90s television that I watch of like things that could have been foretold by '90s television. And I'm telling you, climate change is the number one thing that Baywatch foretold. But we were all just too busy watching those people running in slow motion on the beach. Yeah, you see, I I don't uh, I I appreciate that they got on board with that uh, with that important topic early, but I'm saying that maybe it wasn't because they were trying to alert us to an to uh, an imminent global crisis. Because mm. think about the story implications of that. Meaning, oh gosh, global warming. It's so warm. Let's take off our jackets and then our tops. <laughs> Or oh my God, wildfires! Quick, take off your jacket and beat and beat the flames out using your rippling chests and your abs and stuff like that. <laughs> I I, uh, I think that that was the that was the conversation in the writers' room more than anything else. I could be wrong. Yes. I'm guessing, but I'm I'm, <sighs> I'm skeptical. Yeah. Anyway, someday, someday if. Someday I'll write a book about this, and I don't know how I'm going to pitch it because they'll be like, "You've been writing about tech all these years," and I'm like, "But 
in the background. <laughs> anyway, uh, Andy, do you want to give us an update on where we are as gimpy, gimpy bush influencers? Because this, this, this shtick, I think we're keeping it to the end of the year at this point. I mean, we've got oh, we're we're committed, or at least I'm committed. Like if I, it's uh, there's a, there's a point at which we're testing the algorithm. Exactly. It's it starts it starts off being funny, and then a little less funny. Then annoying, then really, really annoying, and then it becomes one of those time-honored traditions that is kind of like the the magnetic north of people of people's lives. I feel like where if if we did not give this update every week, a certain bit of comfort food in the podcast queue is gone, and you need to have that bowl of mac and cheese. And our yeah. uh, our reports on where we are, where we come on the uh, podcast uh, search rankings of Google for searches about the most deadly and poisonous leaf. Uh, in the entire world. Uh, now, last week we had a banner. Well, we had a banner week. We were number one uh, in search results. We are now no longer number one, but we are now number two and number three. So I don't know whether that's like the difference between having like one house on boardwalk versus having like uh, uh, a hotel on park place and Marvin gardens. Maybe we're, we're sort of like spreading our, we're sort of infesting the entire list. Like it's okay. It's okay. Like it's more impressive that the Beatles had like number two through number seven on the top 10. doesn't matter that they don't have number one. Uh, the fact that it might've been a Burt back and wreck back on rock tune that might be <laughs> offensive but it, it, we want to dominate we want to and we then we want to monetize dominate then monetize yes uh now we just got to figure out who it is in australia that's lobbying for the gimpy gippy bush and i know that we have a lot of uh aussies out there who are listening to us because as we've talked about this we've received tweets from those of you and they do not go unseen like we do see them and we really yes. appreciate that you have been involved in this process of us trying to become influencers in another realm besides Google and Android. So if you could let us know who it is that we should lobby in Australia, um, you know, is there is there an online petition we could fill out, like a change.org kind of thing that you would do in the U.S.? Like, let us know. Help us out. Um, maybe you can help facilitate it. Or, or perhaps uh, manufacturers of balms, salves, and unguents. Uh, or uh, uh, gardening things for deforestating and de and deleafing uh, areas. We feel as though we're at the cusp of something. There is a, there is an entire successful YouTube channel just about crushing things under a hydraulic press. This is not no longer the sort of world in which we need to have a broad focus. If we if we own a certain market and we are the destination, sort of like the launch pad, the concierge for that, we feel as though we could be in that place where suddenly. You know, we're being sent lots of free stuff that ethically we can we can keep. Like I can I can't keep a computer. Uh, I can't keep a phone. I can keep like a new mattress. I do need a new mattress. That's about a thousand bucks. And so if, again, if there are, if people who if there are advertisers uh, uh, about again salves, unguents, topical ointments and creams, and you want to send me a free thousand dollar mattress uh, or put a thousand dollars on account at the local uh, local furniture uh, uh, warehouse. That's fine with us. So we're again, we don't have, we haven't figured out the monetization part, but we feel as though we are spreading our influence, and that uh, the advertising community is going to take notice of that once we get more of those uh, more of those buttons on the tree, so to speak. The current state of journalism is Andy and Flo begging for more monetization on a podcast that is already monetized. Thank you, the Real FM Network, for keeping us on. 
I, I, again, we like it's it's important to it's important to know you don't know uh, like if you're overreaching until you actually like find yourself like uh, ankle deep in water. And Ask then, you for know, forgiveness, not for permission, stay, as they say. Exactly, one step back, one step back. <laughs> again, you know. Yes. So, uh, shall, shall we? Speaking of monetization, yeah, shall we get exactly. one of our fine advertisers today? Thank yeah. you very much. This episode is brought to you by Pingdom. Whilst you've been listening to this podcast, how would you know if your website had gone down? Would you know if customers couldn't click that buy now button or access your content? You might stumble across the problem by luck, but that's no good. You need an actual system in place. You need something to tell you that everything is running smoothly on your site. And more importantly, when it's not, you need Pingdom. Pingdom will let you know the moment your site goes down in whatever way is best for you. They're smart too. They'll get the information needed to solve the issue, sent to whoever needs it, whether that's one person or if you've got a whole team, a whole team. They're dedicated to making the web faster and more reliable. They use more than 70 global test servers that emulate visits to your site, checking its availability as often as every minute. All Pingdom needs is your URL and they will take care of the rest. Don't risk being the last to know about something on your site breaking. Start monitoring your site today. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial. No credit card required. Then when you sign up, use our code MATERIAL at checkout to get an awesome 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and RelayFM. Well, we have, uh, <sighs> there's a, Google has Heavy always- sigh. Heavy sigh, exactly. Now you're once again degrading the the atmospheric air in the house. I was just thinking sure. about that as I did that, by the way. It was like, oh. <laughs> Oh boy! For, like the for the first week, like the new owners are living there. Like there's probably going to be like a certain look to to the to the to the penetration to like maybe eight to twelve molecules of the paint and the wallpaper and the carpets that until like there's not they're not people who work in the tech industry heavily sighing uh, exasperatedly. They're gonna why why are we so down? Why are we bummed out? I don't know why. There's just some sort of a bummed. Why why are we bummed out? And then they're gonna paint. They're gonna tear out the carpets and get the hardwood floors going. Think it's gonna be fine. But yeah, so we have. Uh, uh, Google has sort of a, uh, I don't know, love-hate relationship with these town halls that they do. On the one hand, it is legitimately... It used to be this way. Yeah, Just true. Just want to add that. Yeah. These used to be jovial events with snacks yeah. and bands playing. Yeah, and just, I just want to set the mood. I just want to set the mood for everybody. Like, these used to be fun employee events, and now they're, like, legitimate C-SPAN drone-on like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just the kind of thing that it's you a, put on in the background. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 <laughs> it's, it's become, they become a lot more serious. It's, it's nice that, uh, that Google has these, uh, these regular events in which, uh, they're, they're, uh, communicating with each other as a community uh, that the top person at the company is responding to questions that are being voted up and voted down from the entire community and being forced forced or at least willingly or at least understanding the importance of having these conversations uh the bummer the 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 flip side is that the things that they are uh, discussing are uh, naturally becoming a lot more serious as 
the role of uh, Google in, in the world is becoming they're, – they're, they have more responsibilities for the things they do, both problems that they've created and problems that are simply incidental to their size, that it's hard to make a move without having uh, effects that they did not intend or didn't predict. Uh, and so uh, both – What are we uh, referring both, to, Andy? <laughs> we are – we are no, we, we, we mentioned the, the regular town halls they have. Uh, they've So BuzzFeed News and uh, – BuzzFeed News and uh, The Washington Post were reporting mm-hmm. on a town hall they had last Last week, uh, Sundar Pichai, uh, chiefly uh, along with uh, uh, along with the uh, uh, the uh, Google's vice president for government affairs. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, oh, I'm sorry, no, not 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 him. Uh, but basically, basically two uh, <laughs> uh, two rather senior executives. Besides, uh, and a lot of really important topics of Google that Google's dealing with uh, came up. Uh, partly, uh, one of the first ones that uh, that. Uh, Bear mentioning is just a simple acknowledgement that there's it's there seems to have been a greater amount of trust between the people who work at Google and the and the management and the senior executive board at Google uh, and uh, Sanjay Pichai, Pichai acknowledged that uh, Google is struggling to maintain their employees trust um, saying that uh, we are genuinely struggling with some issues uh, saying uh, transparency at scale. Uh, according to the video, uh, another quote to the question about your trust. I think it's one of the most foundational things for the company. Uh, I take it seriously. Uh, he said he tries to understand what quote to understand when I feel there is something which caused breaking of trust and see what we can do to improve unquote, adding that quote, it's definitely gotten harder to do this at the scale. We are doing it unquote. So uh, some reality that it's, it's hard to be when you're, when you're a company of 40, 50, 60 people, and you're going to see every Everybody over the course of the week, any anyway, and nobody can be doing anything that everybody else isn't aware of. It's really easy to be transparent because you can't hide anything. But at this mm-hmm. scale, how can anybody, any individual, know everything that Google is up to, the reasons why they're up to it, uh, and what their goals are in doing this stuff? So uh, whether they're doing stuff that is legitimately bad for everybody that nobody would approve of, are they hiding it or just? Are they simply we we decided not to make a blog post about our deals with me- weapons manufacturers, uh, or is this or is this something where no we are we are talking we we are we're having meetings with these people because we want to understand exactly how we need to protect our networks against this horrible government uh, that is trying to abuse its citizenry. How can you be that transparent? But I they're... would love for that latter one, by the way, to be like the cause. <laughs> like I would feel like such a if I were an employee of the company, I would just I would just be like woo. Yeah, I'm so happy to. I mean, I'm just saying that, like, personally. Yeah. Um, and by the way, there's a lot going on in the world of journalism that is also like along this lines of who you work for and who the people are that yeah. are representing you. So I just want to say, I feel like a kinship. I understand. Anyway, I'm going off topic. Yeah. But- I mean- no, no, no. This is this is very much on topic. That there's there, there's a boiling point of so many issues across our society and so many industries. Yes. How do, how do you feel working for NBC News, knowing that the senior most management at NBC New at NBC was we are going to spike uh, these uh, this legitimate. Uh, future Pulitzer winning uh, journalism uh, about uh, about sexual harassment and sexual violence, uh, sexual criminals uh, that are going unpunished because of their position of wealth and society. And the reason why we're doing that is partly because one of these individuals being targeted threatened that they would out our guy who is about who is up to his you know what uh, in 
I, I don't want to say impropriety. I'm uh, priority. I'm saying that uh, criminal activities that, for lack of evidence, uh, re- refuse uh, re- refuse uh, punishment. And so, how does it feel to be doing your job? And how, what do you talk to talk about with your management about how? What? Why are we here? What are we doing? What is the? Why should I stay here? What? How can I trust that I'm not mm-hmm. by simply by? How can I trust that I can do the sort of work that I can be proud of, as opposed to being complicit in a really, really large and horrible uh, uh, attack on everything that is good, everything that I believe in. And it's possible for everybody at Google to have their own situations like that, to have their own. How can I be, if if, if Google is is actually thinking about working with the Chinese Communist Party again, uh, a who has a laundry list of, of, of civil rights problems, how can I feel as though I'm doing right by allowing, by, by doing the work that, I've, that I love doing? Shouldn't I be bagging groceries at Whole Foods and at least work for evil genius number two uh, at Amazon instead? Uh, so, uh, Pichai so. also says, <laughs> another quote, uh, uh, saying, I think we need quote, I need to think we need to figure out how to make this work better so we can actually drive the open culture that we have. But he also was pointing out that, uh, he pointing out that, uh, the leaks are a problem. I don't think he was talking about the pixel four leaks, uh, quote that need, that needs to come with some balance. You've clearly seen the amount of leaks we are seeing, um, it's it's that's 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 also an interesting part. If you he's not dumb, he must know that there is always a anything that he says in one of these open forums. There is an excellent chance that someone is recording it and someone is going to share it with the Washington Post and BuzzFeed News, uh, and that that's it's it's sad because the value of these conversations is that if if we all feel as though we trust each other and that we are speaking as a community i'm not speaking to you i'm speaking as part i'm i'm the ceo but i'm part of the of the google campus the google corporate community that i'm not uh, the the conversations that i've ha- that me andy and Aku, have had with my family members around the dinner table i'm not going to talk about those with other people i'm going that means yeah. that i can be as boisterous and as frank uh, as i want to be because i know that this is not be recorded this is not going to be shared with uh, with aunt debbie or whatever uh, or better not be shared with aunt debbie or else we are going to have a very serious issue at thanksgiving uh we want the ceos to be able to talk openly and to talk more plainly and not have to use coded language like they have to when they know they're speaking in front of the public so uh it would be it seems obvious that there's a certain amount of frustration on management's end that Look, you know, if you want if you want this to be an open and mutually trustworthy conversation, you can't like just you can't be emailing WMA files to BuzzFeed. All right. It's just making me think about the fact that we have heard a lot from internal conversations at Google. I don't know. And correct me if I'm wrong on this compared to Apple. I I don't know how Apple does its town halls or its staff meeting. Like, I don't really know much about internal culture at Apple, except for what I have experienced as an outsider working with the company, either working with their, you know, press contingent or like knowing folks who work there and who have maybe like, but the thing is the people I know who work there never talk about it versus people who I know who work at Google who talk a lot about it. And like you, I follow so many people on Twitter who work at Google and talk about working at Google and are proud of working at Google. And so, and like are very open. And so there has always been this like very open culture. And I feel like now in the political environment that we are in, in the United States, it's coming to a clash 
because there's no longer uh I don't know, things things have gotten things have gotten more intense over the last couple of years. And for good reason. And and the company is merely dealing with the way the society has shifted. And they're finding that like they can't do the same thing. So every town hall is like a calculated, it becomes a calculated PR conversation with employees versus an yeah. open, honest conversation. Extent. Yeah. Whereas at Apple, they never had an, it was never an open culture. It was always extremely closed. Yeah. Like you would get in yeah. trouble just for talking about what you had for lunch, like, and you know, in the yeah. Apple cafeteria and whereas the Google, you know, it's, it's a very compare and contrast. How do you, uh, what's that trope about keeping the beast in or whatever? I don't know. Uh, I'm just trying to think, you know, once you let the beast out of the bag or whatever, yeah, Listen, it's like English you, is a second yeah, language. You, Sorry, you, you can't you, you can't you can't put toothpaste back in the tube. But okay, you know, yeah, that's a better the, one. The, the, the only the only the only way to keep a secret is to not share the secret with anybody. But unfortunately, information is useless unless you share it. And also, and conversation also means, in the means more than one person. Yeah. Sorry, um, that's it, the it, other. Yeah, no, exactly. But it it really is an interesting sort of uh, social dynamic here because. They, um, we talked about this a little bit before, uh, in a, uh, a few months ago, uh, mm-hmm. on a previous show, but we always do. It's, it seems, yeah, we, we talk about pretty much everything <laughs> on the show, but the, the, the idea that, um, it's a, it's a laudable and, uh, I think healthy and nourishing sort of environment to create to say that, look, if you want to talk about something, talk about it. Don't have, don't feel as though like you can't, we have message boards, we have mail lists, we're going to have these town town meetings, which obviously we can't answer all the 3000 questions that have been put in, but you guys get to, you people get to upvote uh, and get to the top of the queue. We'll talk about that a little bit more later. Sometimes that doesn't work, uh, but it's, but uh, does that create a situation in which if you, if you feel as though you can say whatever you want and there aren't going to be the sort of social repercussions that happen like at Apple where you mention something that you probably shouldn't have been talking about or even an opinion that you maybe shouldn't have been talking about like on campus that if, if even if there aren't any like employment or, or, or advancement uh, punishments to uh, to doing that, you know that there's an environment of, oh, why did you say that? Why did you talk about that? They after a certain number of years, does this lead to? Well, we we're going to an amount of openness with each other on all topics that becomes less constructive than it used to be. Where we feel as though it's it's one thing to be able to air your concerns; it's another thing to expect that all of your concerns are going to be specifically addressed uh, and. And and treated like the most important thing the company's doing. When the as as much as I'm willing to praise Google for having these open forums, I know that their their corporations, their business is not uh, creating forums for their employees. It's creating software and hardware uh, for uh, for their users and and collecting advertising data. So uh, it it and it becomes even more difficult when you have issues such as. All the people that uh, last year about uh, when executives who are who've been found uh, in an internal uh, internal investigation to have been guilty of sexual harassment, sexual improprieties, are allowed to leave with their reputations and their uh, and their golden parachutes. And we're tech. talking about Andy Rubin. Sorry, and, go ahead. And the, and the godfather of search and, and other people. But yeah, and say, well, we're really upset about this. We're staging a walkout. And then when later on, uh, even though there's a public statement from Sundar Pichai saying, hey, everybody, there's a, people, our employees are considering doing a walkout on Friday. Please try to accommodate them if you can, which 
what make you think that okay institutionally we under, we're we're supporting this or this action but then let's let's fast forward 6 months later to see how many of uh, the eight organizers are still working at Google and did they leave because you know I'm left because I've realized I'm meant for bigger and better things as an organizer and as a no it's because I felt I felt pressured that I felt that uh, my future was non-existent at Google and I felt as though nothing had changed and so I needed to if I had a future anywhere it was not going to be uh, in Mountain View uh, that was mm-hmm. going to be going to be anywhere else than that so uh, there I'm I'm absolutely certain that there is strife inside Apple but they keep a cork on that uh, I don't know if that I don't think that that's inherently a good idea so long as they're discussing it internally, so long as there is a way for employees to be heard, uh, it's, it's not. It's I'm not making a, faces over here, but anyway, yeah, don't exactly. mind me. No, go ahead. No, no, go, no, 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 no go Andy ahead. Andy sees it's just, them. It's, you all don't need yes. to know what faces they are. <laughs> anyway, I have an expressive uh, face. What can I say? I'm gonna I'm gonna start maximizing your Skype window just to make sure that I can actually read your face correctly. Right, right now I've got you minimized so I can like make eye contact you and uh, with with you and still have my eyes on the show doc. But it's okay. I'm listen. Any, you know anything me, I'm anything very as reactive. explicit as making making the cuckoo gesture with your finger around your ear, I would definitely see that. Yeah. No, I'm just I'm very reactive. Yeah. Uh, I'm not good at lying. I was never good at lying. Exactly. So my face definitely. So if I were in this employee meeting at Google, I would be in the back going like, hmm. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. One eyebrow up. Uh, okay. <laughs> there was, and, and, and that we're not, we're not even through half of no, uh, the particular stuff that was, that was discussed. Um, so uh, one of the big topics was, uh, last week, uh, the a, the former chief of staff of the Department of Homeland Security, uh, Miles Taylor, uh, was hired as a uh, last month rather as a government affairs and public policy manager. And mm-hmm. uh, many employees noted that while at the Department of Homeland Security, he was one of the people responsible for implementing Trump's Muslim ban and the separation of families uh, at the border crossing. And so. The way that these town hall meetings work is that people submit questions and people can upvote questions that have been uh, that they that have already been submitted. And questions about on this topic of Miles Taylor got over two thousand upvotes uh, according to BuzzFeed. Uh, but Google removed the question from consideration, citing community guidelines, but not explaining exactly why. Which uh, obviously made lots and lots of people upset. Uh, one employee and another online question said, "Are we supporting the border camps now?" Uh, is, is this is this what this means? Uh, and it's another the the, uh, the BuzzFeed piece quotes a lot of people in the in the the conversation chain, not on the video, but uh, in uh, in text, uh, citing that another employee who had worked at the State Department saying that hey, well, some civil servants serve despite what political parties in power because like quote your job is to carry out the policies of the United States government, so it doesn't matter whether you agree with it or not. Uh, at the at the town hall meeting, uh, Karan Bati. Uh, Bati- Tia, uh, a Google vice president for government affairs, uh, formerly of GE, also kind of a recent hire, uh, defended uh, Taylor's hiring, uh, saying that his expertise was in counterterrorism and national security, uh, saying that that's the quote, that's the role they will be playing with us, not in the immigration space. Uh, And also uh, 
wanting to correct, saying he wanted to correct press reports about uh, what Taylor was doing in the administration, uh, saying that he didn't formulate the travel travel ban, uh, although he later defended it publicly. This was a follow up for that, uh, and that he didn't create the border separation policy, uh, but he was responsible for implementing it because of his job. Um, and to be uh, to play devil's advocate, the fact that he decided to leave. The, leave the Trump administration and take a job at Google might indicate that perhaps the money of working for Google was not the only reason why he d- decided that perhaps his his pastures would be greener uh, and more fulfilling uh, over on the West Coast. But this is but this is another this is another he, he said. Uh, but uh, uh, Karen said that uh, Google still opposes the travel ban instituted by the Trump administration. "Quote: We have consistently been engaged in litigation challenging it over time." Uh, this didn't really go over well. Again, according to the BuzzFeed article, one employee said that they felt, quote, gaslit, unquote, by Batia, who went on to add at the meeting that Taylor was ex- was respected on both sides of the aisle and would help the, with the company's government relations effort. Quote, uh, another employee speaking in an internal group, quote, I personally thought the answers on stage were an insult to our communities here at Google, and it's a missed opportunity to not have voiced an objection to them right there and then. Uh, another one complained complained about how they spent the majority of the time discussing an extension on Google Chrome, uh, a minute on the hiring of Taylor, and no time on, quote, the psychological safety issues, unquote, or the, quote, censorship of questions, the money quote that BuzzFeed saved for the last quote. We honestly, we might get clearer answers about our foreign policy from the presidential debate in under 50 seconds, uh, they joked. So... Obviously, they they didn't provide the answers that employees were hoping for, the clarity that they kind of demanded and kind of they deserved. Because, again, when you get someone as contra- from as controversial an organization as the Department of Homeland Security, I mean, really, the only more controversial organization in government right now is probably ICE. Uh, if And you can't hire people from that without – at least have at least being smart enough to know that we are going to have to make sure we make it clear to our employees that this is not uh, we're not trying to we're not this is not an endorsement of the policies that this person did uh this is and this is uh, a value of the skills that they themselves brought to the job that they had earlier uh or whatever i'm, I'm not uh, i've realized that that could be taken as uh, explaining on behalf of google i'm not but i'm saying that they can't just simply say that, oh well, yeah we hired some from dhs yep oh here, here's a picture a funny picture on instagram of him and his uh googler uh, propeller beanie you see he's going through no no we really wanted to know about that separating children from parents at the border and losing track we really want to know if this is a this is somebody that we want as one of us Here's the Boy. thing. If I take a job as a journalist for a publication that is not good or that has uh, doesn't have maybe the best reputation in the industry, I'm going to be questioned about that heavily at an interview. And that might actually keep me from getting interviewed uh, through the HR screening process. So what I'm thinking is why didn't the HR screening process say, oh, why didn't they talk to the PR department? I don't know. Yeah. And say, this is bad optics if we bring this on. First of all, because when you're hiring somebody at a company as big as Google, like you do have to think about optics the same way that you would at any company that's trying to be public facing, that's trying to 
appeal to public eyes. You have to think about all these things, okay? I'm thinking about this as a journalist. Uh, and if I were in PR, I'd be thinking about this too. Like, okay, well, why did we bring this person on? Because that's not going to look good to the other people. It's like, it's like, listen, if you're going to go buy tickets to see Louis C.K., I'm going to know exactly where <laughs> you stand on that issue. Yeah. Uh, which is that, A, you think um, cancel culture is something that was like made up and is like terrible. And B, you don't think that what Louis C.K. did was that bad, even though he was absolutely not repentant for it. Uh, so I kind of feel the same way about hiring somebody from Trump's administration because the administration has been absolutely destructive uh, these last couple of years. And this is not just me and Andy playing like liberal journalists here. I know sometimes that, uh, you know, that's like kind of the trope that's thrown at us, like Andy and Flo, you know, they're just, they're just so liberal, like they're from the coast. But like, listen, the facts, the facts are there that things have not been Things are not going to be good after this dude is out of office, okay? He's going to leave us with a lot of torn down walls and broken fences. And I don't just, I'm not just talking about the one that he's trying to build. I'm saying that, like, things are not going well. And so to have this person coming from a national security standpoint of let us uh, judge this travel, let's institute a, a ban on countries with people of a certain skin color and a certain uh, country of origin. It's just like, that's, I, yeah. I've never worked for the government. I've never worked in public service. So maybe I'm missing something here. Uh, I, but I also feel like, as an American citizen, and Jim, feel free to splice in some American music <laughs> behind me or some something patriotic if, if you feel like it. You don't have to, but pretend something patriotic is playing behind me. As an American citizen, I feel that it is my duty to take a stance when, uh, when I'm called to take a stance, whether that means through voting, which I have the privilege of doing because of a variety of factors, uh, or through the candidates that I support. And so I kind of feel, I, I don't know, I, I guess I feel like the same thing applies to people who work in government. Now, that's not granted what we're talking about, but you're going to Google, you're coming away with this on your resume. It makes you think like, what, how could you just overlook the optics of that whole thing? Like, and we're just talking about this from our PR perspective. I'm not even talking about this like politically. I'm just saying like, where was the PR person to say, y'all, this is bad news bears. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and like, it is, and it is complicated. I mean, I'm, uh, I, I, I did some more like looking into like Politico has something to say about uh, about uh, Miles Taylor. Uh, there's an article just from uh, April of this year, February, uh, April 12th, 2019, uh, entitled Trump Immigration Shakeup Lowers DHS Morale. I'm quoting here. Uh, Until this week, loyalty to departing Secretary Kirsten Nielsen got you ahead at DHS. Now it puts you on the firing line with those who work most closely with Nielsen, most likely to get the boot. Claire Grady, Nielsen's acting deputy, deputy resigned Wednesday. Miles Taylor, Nielsen's chief of staff, may get pushed out too, according to two former DHS officials who worked under Trump, quote, they're taking the fall for the president's frustrations, unquote, one current department official told Politico.
go, quote, it's not what you read about good leadership, unquote. So there, there's there's a lot to unpack about the uh, the arrival of of this of, of Miles Taylor onto Google, uh, but it's it's it seems like a it seems like a company that is that that is as well resourced as Google that has had so much trouble has had to spend so much of its uh, mental energy over the past couple of weeks dealing with uh, dealing with miscommunications and bad will that they have created due to not really thinking about the consequences of uh, of their moves. You would think that they would know that. We, if we're going to hire this person and if I place in a position of high responsibility, we are going to make sure that we have press releases and we send them out on interviews that we make sure that people understand here is here are the skills this person built. He has a master's degree from uh, for, from Oxford. He's he's got great. He's been working in in government for uh, for for a great number of years. And here's what we, this this is why we hired him. And this is if they could turn up if they could turn up interviews in which he's in which he talked about exactly what it was like working at DHS that would be helpful too I'm, I'm again I'm not, I'm not apologizing for the Google's hiring of this person I'm saying that they should understand that you can't have you can't have someone who has that kind of tattoo uh, on their neck yeah. without having to explain here's why they got that tattoo and here's what that tattoo means and here's why you should not be uncomfortable with this person having a Google ID card that looks exactly like yours but with a uh, with a whiter face and a different name on it yeah uh it's just this is a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I just hope that. I mean, just to cap this off, because we should yeah. we should move on to yeah. happier things. I mean, I hope I hope that this is the the sort of internal conversations that leave the organization this institution stronger, as opposed to the sort of harmonic that causes it to shake itself apart within two or three years' time. And right now, I don't know which one is going to happen. So, yeah. Oh, well. I I agree with you, Andy. I'm just, uh, you know, I'm glad we both feel the same about this. And I know that sometimes when we talk about this stuff, it just sounds like we're both being very ranty. Uh, but we're bringing it, you know, listen, we're bringing it to your attention. We're putting it in audio. We're talking about it. I would... I wouldn't talk about this any differently on Twitter than I do here, for instance, or if I like wrote an article about it, it's, it's, this is <laughs> obviously, this is partly, this podcast is, is our opinion. It's our informed opinion. Um, yeah. but we, we bring it to the table because as consumers of these things, we want you to consider what's going on internally, because I think that that makes us responsible consumers of these things. And I think it's, I personally, and I think Andy feels the same way, feel that it's important for us to, to know what it is we're supporting with our money yeah, <laughs> yeah. and some of the salaries we're paying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We and and I, I feel no need for uh, to defend uh, our our editorial choices here, uh, and um, that's why we're not going to defend our no. editorial choices here. This is why there's there are multiple Android and Google podcasts out there. But it it really is. I I've been writing about technology since I was like eighteen or nineteen. I got my first magazine column when I was nineteen years old. I have been writing about this stuff for now for decades for for longer than a lot of journal I, I have to be sad i have to make myself sad and realize that there are a lot of people who have very good reputations as tech journalists who were not born when i got my first check <laughs> at age 19 for my first mac user column uh but we've seen so much happen 
uh, over the past 30 years where we talk about technology, all these companies were really, really small. Everybody yeah. and everybody, even the heads of very, very successful companies understood that remember how we thought we would never, ever, ever become bigger than, uh, than digital computer, uh, than, than deck. We've never be, uh, more, more bigger than, bigger than Burroughs or Wang. Uh, and now they all, they had a huge, huge run and then they became irrelevant and they died. And all these companies realized that we're having a good, a good run, but at some point we're going to become irrelevant because these things move too fast. And there's no technology that allows us to really take over the world. We can only take over a part of a market for a certain amount of time. And that's why we had the freedom as tech, as tech journalists and tech writers to talk about, wow, is it, is print sharing actually going to be coming to Mac OS seven? Is that going to be something we don't need a utility for? Uh, <laughs> And now, though, we are dealing with absolute like kaiju behemoths, uh, all these companies, including Google. And when you have uh, philosophical problems that they're having internally become society problems and they mm -hmm. become functional problems and they become people who are disadvantaged can become more disadvantaged. And when you have a worry that there is a, a bad mojo happening in the executive office, you do not want that mojo to be infecting the company that you work for, especially given the power that that company has to if they are if they are not aware of their responsibilities to inflict damage either incidental or because they decide that they want to steer society in a certain way uh, or deliberately. So this is why uh, act one of our podcast for weeks, maybe even months now is always when I've set things up is that I'm not, I'm not looking for larger issues to talk about. It's always which of these four larger issues do I want to, do I think we want to talk about before making sure we move on to other things because there are other stories to talk about there but are. that will, that will always be our responsibility. We, we, uh, it's, and wouldn't be boring and wouldn't it be just terrible if all we're talking about is, Hey, there's a rumor that in January, there's going to be a special purple edition of the pixel four. And, and you, that, that, that noise you heard uh, over the microphone was actual audio of Flo rolling her eyes. <laughs> I did. I'm sorry. Uh, not no, that no, I no, no. Exactly. Listen, purple is my favorite color, and I wouldn't mind a purple Pixel 4, but like, seriously, y'all, it's, it's give That's, and take. I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I have I only have a, a certain limited number of words left in me and I don't want to have to write about about a new color coming a rumor of a new color coming to a new phone no so, although okay, in this economy exactly <laughs> okay, depend, depending on what the what the word rate is going to be okay I admit I, I would find some edge some angle to get into it that would make it into uh. a serious issue we have some good news uh, or po possibly to get your hopes up if you're interested in Wear OS and that's going to come after our next message I think this episode is brought to you by Linode. With Linode, you can instantly deploy and manage an SSD server in the Linode cloud, and you can get a server running in just seconds with your choice of Linux distro, resources, and node location. Linode serves their customers with the help of 10 data centers across the globe, and they're about to add more. Mumbai, India, Toronto, Canada will both have data centers before 2020. Linode features native SSD storage, a 40 gigabit network, and Intel E5 processors, meaning you're able to serve your customers even faster than before. And so you don't have to stress about overspending, Linode has designed their pricing tiers to feature hourly billing, with the added bonus of a monthly cap on all plans and add-on services such as backups and node balancers. Linode has pricing options to suit everyone. Their plans start at one gigabyte of RAM for just $5 a month, and they offer high memory plans starting with 16 gigs of RAM. And Linode has a special offer for you. 
as a listener of this show, you can go to Lenovo.com slash material and use the promo code material2019 to get $20 towards any Linode plan. On the one gig of RAM plan, that is four free months. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, you actually have nothing to lose. So give Linode a try today. That's Linode.com slash material, promo code material2019 to learn more, sign up, and make the most of that $20 credit. Our thanks to Linode for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Okay, now do we care if Wear OS is dead or not dead? That's maybe the question at this uh, point. Because... As Google fans, yes, we do because we want okay. to still see that they have a stake in the game. Uh, and we did at, at this. Yes, go ahead, Andy. <sighs> yeah, I, I'm just. I was going to say at this point, I've kind of forgotten how much I used to like Wear OS. <laughs> it's like it's like when your favorite band breaks up, and you're like, "Oh my god, I can't believe the Texas Midnight mm-hmm. Runners isn't going to come mm-hmm. up with any more albums." Mm-hmm. And then, like a two years later, you're like, "Oh yeah, come on, that, that was a good album." Yeah. And you don't really care. And that's that's kind of my relationship with Wear OS, where I thought my I loved my Moto 360. I thought the the first uh, the first uh, iteration of Wear OS was even better than the early iterations of uh, Apple's Watch OS. And now I'm just so over it. I was I've gone from having like three or four hundred dollars sort of put away for buying a new an upgrade to my Moto 360 version two to not even being terribly aware that Wear OS is even a thing still. And that's a hard thing for someone who is a fan of a certain technology to admit. Listen, I yeah. gave up on Wear OS kind of a bit ago. Sorry, everyone. I'm sorry. Yeah. Listen, I know I'm going to get some comments too about like, Flo, have you checked out the Fossil watches? Yes, I know. Listen, folks, I went over to the Galaxy Active because I wanted all the fitness stuff. Uh, and, and But I'm still holding out hope, okay? Because it's just because I have a watch now doesn't mean I might not adopt something else in the future, right? Because, God willing, yeah. I, I live a long life, so I'm able to get in and out of these things. Uh, and so let's talk about, very quickly, this Moto 360 so, third gen. So we got, yeah, we, we, got, we, have, we have a trio, oddly enough, of interesting stories about Wear OS and Google wearables. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Verge has a story about the, a new edition of the Moto 360, uh, kind of, maybe, uh, because we're, we'd be hoping to hear that, oh, Motorola, who about a year or two ago said that, well, we feel as though we can't make money in the wearables space so that we're no longer – so we're getting out of the wearables market, has had a change of heart. And they we have a new plan and a new management team and new engineering and new excitement. Uh, no, that's not it. A uh, company – and this is, this is such a totally legitimate-sounding company. A company has licensed the Moto360 name from Motorola and has announced that they're going to ship a new version in December. And the name of this company, which I am not making up, I'm not being sarcastic, is eBuyNow. Wow. I am so – I cannot wait That's, to see what eBuyNow puts out. What will eBuyNow put out now? That's that's uh, I, I think I think we can agree that that's what happens when you try to buy a domain name and your first yes. 11 are already taken and start suggesting just random words like e buy me now me my e buy it now. Uh, so but they uh, from the article, the Moto 360 third generation as e buy now 
is referring to the product will cost $349.99 when it ships in December. It will run Wear OS, and like Fossil's fifth-generation Wear OS watches, will have a fully circular display, no flat tire. Uh, Qualcomm's deeply, deeply, heroically disappointing Snapdragon 3100 processor. That was my editorial comment. That was just the Snapdragon 3100 processor. You speak uh, from experience. Yeah, exactly. This is the the heartbreak of Wear OS has always been that uh, Google is not making their own silicon, their own system on chip or whatever. They have had Qualcomm, they had trusted Qualcomm to make them uh, a chip, and they basically started off with the uh, twenty one the Snapdragon twenty one hundred, uh, which was based on a design a chip design they designed for mobile phones of twenty thirteen. Uh, their big big revamp was oh good they finally come up with a new new uh, Wear OS CPU. It's the Snapdragon thirty one hundred, and it's pretty much not all. All they did was add battery management issues. It still has in a, in a day in an age where uh, where Apple is can spend a half hour talking about all the incredible things that this new CPU that they customized and created just for the Apple Watch is, is uh, can do, uh, and how many Apollo missions you could run based on just this, the processing power <laughs> of this watch. We are still stuck with 3100 CPUs that have a run on a, a 28 nanometer process CPU, which is. I will uh, I will give them credit. It is still a solid state device. There are no vacuum tubes inside the CPU. We are talking about transistors that have been made really really tiny, but that's kind of crap. Uh, so 360 by 360. By the uh, way, can I just screen. make a very quick Please. quick? I'm sorry, complete digression side comment here. Uh, that uh, the first time I ever met Steve Wozniak, he was actually wearing a smartwatch that he made completely out of like those giant size transistors yeah i just wanted to just i I just want to give everybody that visual okay and wouldn't you be disappointed (laughs) if you met steve jobs and he was wearing just like my like like my uh my my uh uh, my Casio G-Shock is a regular. No, he's wearing something the size of a tuna can that <laughs> means he can't roll down his sleeves any faster than his down his forearms, and he can't check the time more than at least not, more than maybe nine times a day. But, but before the the nine volt batteries in his watch die out, so that's just to say be, this is what the enthusiasts it it it, exactly. it did exist. It's we're not just yeah. anyway. So continue. Okay, so uh, <laughs> so uh, apparently apparently eBuy now thinks there's value at least in the brand name. Also, I was surprised to find that the Motorola logo is yeah, actually on the the windable prominent. stem that's on it. It's like, but it's it's not. And I had to reread it, saying so. The, so it's not like they hired they hired as a cons, as consultants the people from the motor. No, it's just they licensed the name and licensed the basic designs. Like. Okay, I don't think that I don't. I'm not planning on spending three hundred forty nine dollars on e buy now's uh, version of the super old. What's your CPU watch? Based. It's e buy now. It's like the hottest yeah. brand. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Just exactly. So uh, yeah, I mean the 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 down has been always been. Please, for the love of God, give us a CPU that is in any way modern. Uh, which brings us to uh, story number two. Uh, according to XDA developers, uh, Qualcomm looks mm. like they're finally working on a real update to their, to their, 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 their CPUs. How many yeah, times uh, have we heard this over the last... I feel like we've reported on this before. 
We did. We but that was when uh, before they had more details on it. They're, basically, they're looking at uh, specifications of CPUs that are mentioned in the Linux kernel, uh, and XDA developers found references to uh, a Snapdragon Wear 3300 uh, based on the 2018 Snapdragon 429. So only a year old. Okay, uh, it is. It is at least the 429 is at least a 12 nanometer process chip. Mm. Uh, same four Cortex CPU cores uh, as the 3100. But the fact, simply the fact that it is a 12 nanometer process uh process means that it will run cooler it maybe won't eat battery quite so much hopefully it'll be faster oh good my but, wrist isn't burning yeah exactly oh yeah <laughs> it's it's uh it's i don't it's again it's, it's rumors but if i if i had any any excitement i think the last time we might have talked about this i at least could see if you turned off all the lights like you could see that like the LED power lamp on my interest in Wear OS, mm-hmm. there was still at least enough trickle <laughs> energy that if you turn off all the lights, you could see it glowing a little bit. But now that light's completely out. There's just you cannot engage my enthusiasm in Moto 3. In, uh, there is a light in that goes out. Wear OS. Yeah, and it's not not until I see not only a a, a Google backed or a, uh, a a major company backed new product that actually seems like they have built something that's going to that understands that the Apple Watch exists and is and and even just the Samsung uh, watch exists that here is what you're competing with. It's I I really liked my my watch, custom watch face that had a kitty cat that like took a nap whenever we went into sleep mode. But I need more than kitty cat taking a nap. That's I need something actually the active. Functional. The the Galaxy Active whatever that whole Galaxy Watch ecosystem. Not a lot of apps, but I'm going to tell you, there's a watch face for every occasion. And I'm not wearing it right now, but I got a cute Halloween watch face going on right now, okay? With a red band. So I'm very much in theme with the holiday. And you just wait until you see what I bust out for the holidays, okay, folks? (laughs) And you know what? There's still a step counter on the home screen. And a heart rate monitor. Wow. That's innovation. And that's well, and that's still like one of the one of the things that other watches have like that's a positive over the Apple Watch. Just a simple idea of I don't get to pick between like a handful of watch faces, many of which are there to like promote Disney and Pixar products and trademarks. I can actually have like something that if I want a kitty cat playing with a ball of yarn, I can have a kitty cat playing with a ball Imagine of yarn. Imagine having a hard day. You just look at your wrist and you go, "There's a big kitty." kitty. Yeah. Oh. yeah, I mean. Come on. Oh, look at Kitty napping. Oh, Kitty's so tired. He's been playing so long. See, uh, if I want that, I love I, no, no, no can judge me. Uh, so, the, but the third story is a lot more interesting. Uh, Reuters uh, in Monday on Monday had an exclusive uh, reporting that uh, not Google, but Google's owner, Alphabet, uh, the the umbrella company, uh, is has made a bid to buy Fitbit. Uh, they very skimpy on details. All they basically are saying is that Alphabet has made an offer to buy the company. Uh, and uh, on that news story, Fitbit shares were up 27% just ah, on this news right. alone. Um, then you have to, and again, that, that shows you how we, we, the more data comes off of just like SEC filings and like Wikipedia searches, the more you understand how little information they have. Uh, they, so you, the, the other, the story will remind you that Fitbit currently has a market cap of 1.4 billion. So you got to expect that Google is going to have to pay something close like that. That hadn't been, hadn't been a pretty good offer, uh, that, uh, but that Fitbit revenue has been down every year for the past three years, which shows you how well they've been competing with Samsung and with uh, Apple and with the rest. Um, it's so it's 
uh, it's cool. It's, it's if they're buying Fitbit, then Google clearly still has an interest in wearables. They also uh, bought some intellectual property uh, from from, uh, from Fossil, which turned out to be personnel and a cust and a combination analog digital sort of technology for for like forty million dollars, which is like chump change. Um, but you you sort of lean back and you wonder what are they why if this is true if this and if this deal actually happens what is google actually interested in because fitbit like google like every like fossil they are buying system on chips from they're they're buying chips from other companies they it's not like they have they have that wonderful apple watch style super duper wonderful cpu that will solve all their problems uh it doesn't seem that they have anything that would solve google's current problem with wearables so yes they do yes they, they do. do they have data they yeah. have health data now i would like to cite stacy higginbottom here who wrote a piece on okay, her Stacey. website stacy on iot that's s-t-a-c-e-y on iot actually i'm going to drop it in the notes to make sure i link y'all to the piece she wrote very quickly just like what her thoughts were about this this apparent acquisition that might happen and made a really good point that like it uh, Google could take this Fitbit IP, add that to the wealth, add that to increase the capabilities of Google Fit, which really pales a comparison. Because when you look at like what Apple does and what Android does, I mean, Apple is constantly grabbing people for its like health division. It's like it's putting so much money <laughs> into that part of development when it comes to smartwatches. And that's why like when you go to the hospital, every nurse is either wearing an Apple Watch or a Fitbit. This is what I have noticed, <laughs> by the way. I have not seen one nurse or one doctor wearing a Samsung or an Android-based watch. I've only seen them wear Fitbits and Apple Watches. And I'm telling you it's because of the data. Because people want that they they want to track how many steps they're taking. They want to track their heart rate. They want to track their periods. They want to they want to track fertility. They want to track like how many stairs they climb in a day. They want to they just want to track every single little thing. And Google Fit doesn't do that currently. Um, now, hardware wise, Andy, you make a really good point that like we're still kind of the missing piece of the puzzle here is where is Google going to get the hardware capabilities to make all of this happen. But I think in terms of like software and just like the overall integration between Fitbit and other services, like they are jumping into an ecosystem that they have not been able to penetrate because again, Fitbit, Apple have already been uh, so involved in that. And I think the, I could see this also integrated in some of those fossil hybrid watches like to have that ability. So you have something really yeah. like sleek and cool, but it does all of the precise health tracking that a, you know, super suave smartwatch would do for you. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you're right. It, uh, the, the, the thing that I keep getting stuck on is how much they'd have to spend for, uh, for Fitbit. Maybe they wouldn't have to pay for the entire valuation of the company, That's fair. but it would still be a big chunk of money. Um, I'm also reminded of uh, last, yeah, early last year, they bought a big chunk of HTC's phone business uh, for a little over a billion dollars. That helped us with the pixels. Yeah, and that and that helped. So, may, so I don't know if, if they want the data. I don't know if they just simply say, "Here is a here is a self-contained unit of 
engineers and designers who know how to make wearables and if they can they can simply integrate into our google fit team to find out how to extend the assistant and google fit into something on your wrist yeah (laughs) exactly saying here's here's your propeller beanie (laughs) here is please can you you hold off on the town hall meetings for at least six at least get one watch out the door before you start causing trouble I, we're, we encourage you to talk. This is we our encourage community, you dissent, but, yeah. but we encourage you to do so after six months of tenure. <laughs> we, cut, we we really really need something. This is getting embarrassing, man. <laughs> so, uh, well, I will say that Stacy makes a um, closing argument in her little blog post. She says, like anything that makes Wear OS more viable, just like something a little more attractive is a good move. So I think that's why this stock was shooting up. People were like, finally, something is happening. Like, "Ah, invest, invest, invest. I guess that's because that's what I imagine people do when they invest. Yes. (laughs) They're buying, then sell, sell. They're selling, then buy, buy. That's all I know. Every cartoon (laughs) I've watched, every trope. This, this, I've brought up a lot of tropes on today's episode, um, but you know, that's, when you read a lot as a kid, that's what sticks in your mind. Buy low, sell high. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, well, we've got one more ad, and yeah. then uh, digital well-being stuff that Google is doing that's actually pretty darn cool. Yeah. Uh, and well, So including a paper phone you've probably heard about because it's a funny thing for people to talk about online, but also other cool stuff in the same sort of portfolio of digital well-being stuff that actually got me kind of excited. This episode of Material is brought to you by Kensington, the people who make universal docking stations that are designed to increase productivity. You can get access to more ports and make your sleek MacBook, Chromebook, or other laptop as powerful as a desktop. It's plug and play with no drivers, so you can enjoy up to dual 4K displays with HDMI and DisplayLink video connectors, plus USB 3.0, USB-C, and Thunderbolt 3 with power delivery available. The Kensington engineering team has three decades of experience in high-volume manufacturing of hardware IT products, plus rigorous test cycles and quality control, meaning all their products are tested above industry standards. If you're an IT decision maker looking to find the right docking solutions for your organization, check Kensington's Pro Concierge program and test drive a docking solution today. Visit kensington.com slash material right now to check out Kensington. That's kensington.com slash material to learn more. Our thanks to Kensington for their support of this show and all of Revelay FM. So you might Bye, have heard. Bye, Sears. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Nope, nope. I ruined it. I ruined your intro. That's beautiful. It's okay. It's all right. Sears, uh, so, yeah. all of your stuff comes down. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. Sorry. God. Uh, <laughs> okay. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not just thinking that. Se- so no, no. I, I finally it took me. I can't believe it took me all to remember what a Sears jingle is because they've been so like off the off the radar. Sears, I, where America shops. Oh, <laughs> you're right. I was just gonna. Br- I was actually gonna refer to service merchandise, which used to have conveyor belts that your stuff used to come down. That's like what that I was remember. Good. But anyway. Yes. But anyway, uh, talk. Let's let's talk well-being. Uh, they so let's uh, they, talk well-being. Let's, let's talk about healing. Let's let the healing process. After Our getting ourselves upset about certain things, we're breathing in blue, 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 blue. We're breathing out red, 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 red. Unless that's supposed to be reversed, in which case, in 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 the right color, and then out, out, out the right color. 
that nobody we told me about. we don't actually have blue blood on the inside. I didn't learn that until later in life. Oh my god. Anyway, I, I, I hope you I hope you learned that academically and not empirically. <laughs> yes, I learned that academically. I did. Ah, I learned it's, it's that important. in anatomy senior year. Okay, I'll just have you know. But it took me that long <laughs> from third grade. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, digital well-being. So uh, uh, Google today, they released like a whole bunch of what they're calling digital well-being experiments. I will let the – on the one of the Google experiments uh, sites, uh, I will let the well-paid uh, copywriter who works at Google <laughs> explain it. What is, what is digital well-being experiments? A collection wow. of ideas and tools that help people to find a better balance with technology. We hope these experiments inspire developers and designers – to consider digital well-being and everything they design and make. All the code is open-sourced, and helpful guides and tips are available to kickstart new ideas. Try the experiments and create new ones. The more people that get involved, the more we can all learn about building better technology for everyone. Okay, but I love it when Google does ex experiments because this is how yes. we get all of like the cookie features that we get out yes, of Google. I yes, mean, the yes, whole yes. point of Google is it's a gi it's one giant experiment made of like eight hundred buildings across the world. So. Yes, yes. <laughs> these are these are things that it just seemed like a good idea to somebody who worked at Google, and then they asked permission, and they said, "Well, you know what? It, we are it, it costs us almost nothing to like start a website on Google, so it's go ahead. True. Who cares?" Uh, but it's actually pretty cool stuff. So there, it's mm -hmm. it's number one. It's it's nice to hear that uh, as soon as I'll I'll only speak for myself. Cynical have been doing this for several decades. Me like oh good now you're talking about what's this digital well being? Wow, that's great. I'll definitely take that down letter for letter and look forward to never hearing you mention this again after about three months. But no, this does seem to be something that they feel as though is going to be a feature that they want to keep in mind. Uh, and so they've created like five different tools, almost all of which are actually pretty darn cool. Mm -hmm. now, the, now, the one you might have heard of, because again, it's a easily bloggable, memeable sort of thing, uh, is uh, a, uh, and these are all Android apps, by the way, that you can get through the Google Play Store, a uh, paper phone. And what it does is it will uh, print a folding booklet of the phone data that you might want to have handy today, such as like your contacts, your appointments, the people you're meeting today, people, directions to places you're going, so that, and you can fold it into a little booklet and leave your phone at home, which I don't know how practical that is because uh, I can't, I don't want to walk like necessarily like three miles in the rain to the train station. I'm probably going to want to have a, have an Uber uh, take me there and pick me up. But that's, so that, but that's actually the least interesting. These, these other ones are, most of them are so good that they made me think that, wow, I'd actually like to see that in the next version of Android. Uh, so there's uh, one called a morph, which is an actual alternative launcher that, again, so you can replace the, the the stock launcher of your phone with a custom one. And it's an alternative launcher that will, based on your location and your how you define like what you do in places that, uh, that you go to, uh, will show and hide certain apps depending on your location or environment or situation. So like when you're home, it will hide like all of your like work email stuff and your uh, and your, uh, your your authentication stuff and your collaboration stuff and it will just show you uh, your your messaging app and the stuff that the games that you play with your kids and your home uh, controller apps maybe you have like a, a a creativity mode that I'm supposed to be writing so 
The only thing I'm, I'm just gonna I'm gonna let people my my friends message my family message me for emergencies. I'm gonna have the Wikipedia, but that's it. So mm-hmm. you wind up instead of having this uh, in my case like three or four screens worth of app icons plus a drawer with like a hundred icons, the simple little grid of just a handful of apps that are relevant to this thing that you're doing right now. And of course, you can always get out of that and get into like your real phone if you want to. But the idea is that when you wake up the phone, if you if I woke up the phone just because I forgot, uh, I I forgot like what the country code for Istanbul is. I need Mm -hmm. to, I want to look that up on Wikipedia. I'm not going to be saying, well, I may as well check out what's on Instagram and oh, the crossy, crossy bird. I haven't played. Oh, I forgot I installed that. I haven't tried that out. So it'll avoid distractions. Uh, now, this is this is the first one that I thought that this absolutely should be a feature uh, of uh, of a future Android uh, post box. Uh, this this app. Uh, it will introduces a feature you, you could call scheduled notifications, where instead of like, if a messaging or whatever app if, uh, pops up a notification, it won't actually be displayed immediately. It will just simply be collected, and they will all be delivered at the same time uh, at a certain time that you you dictate. So it's not it won't hide your notifications. It's just that instead of like getting notifications throughout the day, I've told it that give me all the notifications from the morning to the early afternoon afternoon all, all at once not until four o'clock in the afternoon so you won't be distracted by hey today on the amazon treasure truck or hey don't miss out on ebay and hey someone has added to this this group for this group album that that sounds like it's just like the ability to have do not disturb that sounds like such a perfect companion to it um and i, I won't go I through that yeah by the way. The, there, there, there are a few others i don't want to uh, i uh, i i could we're we're probably at where we want to start taping down, but the other, the only other one that I'll that I'll mention is Desert Island. This is another one that I actually installed. Uh, where uh, you <laughs> this can, one's again, this is this is really cool. Uh, where again, I've got like a hundred apps on my phone. Uh, Desert Island, you choose just a handful of uh, apps that you consider essential, and then those are the only apps that you will have for the next 24 hours. Of, of course, it doesn't uninstall anything. It doesn't delete anything. But once again, when you wake up your phone, your launcher will just have the special launcher with just these like five apps that you promise that, oh, no, I don't need anything but this. Really? No, no, I can get by with just these five apps. And one of them is just a text editor with no access to the internet. Okay, fine. That's all you'll have for the next 24 hours these five apps and again it's a you would like to think that everybody myself included has enough self-control that we never use our phones for more than the purpose that we are we intended to uh, to unlock them for but sometimes it's nice to have these little restrictor plates built in so that i find it really really interesting to say that i i there's uh, i'm not only i don't want to be distracted but uh, for the next day, I'm going to be like in meetings and getting uh, all up mm-hmm. and down New York City, doing all these meetings, and all these appointments. And I actually, it'd be faster for me if I could simply flip a switch in an app like Morph and simply say, <laughs> switch to my super, super meeting guy <laughs> configuration, which is here are the five things that you need to get through this day of these meetings that you're doing. Not I, a I, desert island. I'd just yeah. like to point out um, New York is oh, definitely yeah. the opposite it's of that. A, although it's i a, guess internally it is an, it is an island like a desert yes morally uh, in terms of morality and uh empathy it is a it is a desert manhattan is an island yeah so 
Anyway, but yeah, so, 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 so these are so, no, no, no. But they, but yeah, these are these are cool things, and these are again things that if they were if uh, if they simply were announced as new features of Android, I would think that wow, Google is really on the ball. They are really thinking hard about. Uh, it's, it's not just a, making a better operating system is not just a question of adding features. It's a question of making sure that doesn't add so many features that it gets in the way of what you actually need and want to do with this device. These are all really great ideas. Yeah, and I also I think the paper phone thing is cool. I yeah, I'm into it. I I like the idea of just like here's your printable schedule. It's the printable equivalent of what the Google Assistant says to you in the morning, or at least I because I have the Lenovo smart clock that wakes me up every morning. Like when I the the minute I say stop to stop the alarm, it goes Good morning, Florence. Today <laughs> it will be this weather, and you will be doing these things. And let me turn on these lights for you downstairs. Have a great day. And I'm like, you know what? Thanks. <laughs> I kind of I like waking up actually that way. It makes me feel like I'm, you know, it's you, a routine. You 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 like being waked up by by Judy Garland every day. Uh, I don't choose the Judy the Garland. The weather is sixty two degrees. I mean, that it's would windy be, and cloudy. You know, better than better than someone else. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I think. I love it when Google does experiments like these. Uh, and I yeah. am, I'm just, I'm trying to figure out which one of these I'm going to use. I'm still not sure yet. I haven't decided. I haven't decided if I'm just going to keep uh, living my wildlife self of unlocking my phone all the time or if I'm going to get the wallpaper that shames me to tell me how many times I did it. I haven't, uh, <laughs> haven't decided if I'm ready to go down that mm. path yet. Well, you've got your the the week that the week that you're having with the move. It's, it's just I I think that you shouldn't deny yourself access to any source of comfort or pleasure. It's, just, it's the same reason why when I am in like the last two weeks of a book deadline, my usual rules about no, you can't get you can't have pizza delivered. No, if you, if you got if you got like a sandwich like if it got takeout the last night, you can't get it for another few days. It's like I need every pleasure and every comfort I need because this is not a good week. Yep. 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 I It'll agree. It'll be fine in a week or two, but for now I'm having the, I'm having how many meats can you put on this pizza, sir? Great. Listen, is there my organic f- food delivery is coming on Monday to the new house. So we will be back on track with good eating next week. And until then we're just eating whatever restaurants are open and not that have not fallen victim to the PG&E electricity shutoffs. Uh, Cause I'm going to tell you, man, he, that's the emptiest I've ever seen the Taco Bell uh, drive-through line here. <laughs> that's the popular fast food place in this in this little suburb is the Taco Bell, and there was nobody in the, line, and it was dark on the inside. Not even on the day when when marijuana was legalized in California. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I ask you, ladies and gentlemen. By the way, okay, off topic, but we're at the end here, so I'm going to go ahead and bring it up anyway, <laughs> just because I live in California and I can bring this up legally. There was a huge Nextdoor uh, thread today complaining about the people who go smoke pot at the marina, which I'm just like, <laughs> what do you expect? We live by the water. There's sunsets every night. Of course. They're like, what is happening to our town? I'm like, I want to respond, but you can't on Nextdoor because on Nextdoor, you're not anonymous. It's like, it's you and where you live. And I want to be like, you know what? It's just, it's the sunset. It's, we live in a beautiful place. Like, but anyway, anyway, apologies to anybody who is incredibly offended by what I just said. But again, I really try to lean into the being from California trope. So. Yes. 
<laughs> Thank you for joining me and Andy and and our in our uh, very tropey episode. <laughs> exactly. This is a very we're, we're 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 this is definitely the the tropic of Cancer or Capricorn, whichever. Uh, uh yeah. <laughs> Hawaiian tropic. I'm just throwing possible show titles out there for you. It's all up to you, uh, of course. You can throw out all of them if they all are not the worthy. The tropic but. of cancer. I'm gonna write that uh, one down. <laughs> so, 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 so uh, that's going to be it for for this week, uh, everybody. Uh, we got. Uh, you can still uh, sign up for memberships at relay.fm/slash material. Uh, which is us. which is which is awfully awfully nice. We uh, do see that uh, see that as a separate sort of line item uh, when we get paid. And it's like, and it's always that that little extra little tickle of, oh look, there are people who actually like us enough that they actually like went us. out of their way. You really <laughs> like us? Yes, uh, we we do like that so super much. Uh, and as always, uh, the best way to get in touch with us is usually to uh, to, uh, to tweet at us at, yeah. ma- at material because that's the, that's the that's the that's how we both like take take a look at these beasts. We used to give out our email address, but actually more people were like our, our seen more people seem to be in the in the hipness of hey I'm listening to this and I've got a thought and I'm, the podcast is on my phone so I'm just going to tweet something at material yeah. podcast and we do we do read it we will reply to it and sometimes we bookmark it for oh we should talk about that last time mm-hmm, thank you mm-hmm. thank you thank you Twitter perfect uh, so until then uh, so uh, Flo uh, you're probably going to be too busy moving to actually have anything in the next week to promote as a po- uh, uh, you're promoting your mental health. Your safety, your security, your yeah. I am working on a bunch of pieces right now uh, for a couple of clients, which uh, you should see coming out. You can always stick to florenceiron.com if you want to check in to see what I'm doing. My my podcast, honestly, tech is on a is on a bit of a, a minor break right now because uh, a lot of stuff is happening in the next two weeks. Things are happening. Um, yes. Things are happening, but it's coming back. So if you want to go check it out, that's honestlytechpod.com. Kind of get an idea for uh, what I'm trying to do there. Please do. I appreciate all the listens. Um, and I, I never bring it up on this podcast. I think I've made, I have a couple times, but <laughs> I'm also on the Twit Network. So is Andy. <laughs> yes, Andy. Andy is on uh, Mac 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 Break, Break Weekly. Weekly. I'm sorry, Andy. I don't That's use okay. Apple. I'm sorry. Uh, That's okay. And I'm on- <laughs> And I'm on all about Android. So if you want to check yes. us out there, you can. And you know, we appreciate it. That's again. That's that's perfectly fine. As uh, John Lennon himself once sang, "Life is what happens to you while you're while you're busy making podcast plans." Uh, mm-hmm. As usual for me, I'm going to be on uh, as usual on Friday on WGBH uh, NPR in Boston talking about tech stuff. Probably one or one of the at least one of the stories that we're talking about today. I will talk about in a far more concise fashion uh, <laughs> at the Boston Public Library at uh, probably 20 minutes past 12. I think I'm scheduled. Uh, so if you're in the Boston area in the Back Bay, by all means, come on in get a cup of coffee and a cookie. You will have to pay for both of them because it's a coffee shop that's next to the, the, our open air studio. Uh, but by all means, uh, come on and check in. And for everything else that I'm doing, uh, check me out on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, I'm Anatko on both I-H-N-A-T-K-O. Uh, my Pixel 4 and my iPhone 11 reviews are coming up shortly uh, now that I'm pretty much done with uh, the hardware testing. Uh, and in the meantime, you can check out uh, uh, Instagram particularly to look at a lot of my uh, Pixel 4 
pictures, which I've decided to label, but not I've, again. I'm not going to go over it again. But about people on Twitter disappointing me about trying to like read an editorial statement and the fact that I've posted a picture. Anyway, but that will do it for us for this week. Thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, hope you listen to us again next week. Until then, everybody have a safe and happy seven days. Bye. 